Hello, everybody. Welcome to Engage on UMFM 101.5, our community-oriented podcast where we take members and businesses, nonprofits, anybody who's in the community and that's engaging in very unique ways, giving back to the community. And today for our episode, we have Daniel Hidalgo of Community 204. My apologies if I pronounced that incorrectly, but he is a community organizer. He's a nonprofit organizer here as well with Community 204. He's a youth mentor. He's an advocate for just safer spaces and overall eraser of barriers here in the community from what I've noticed. And he's just a true community leader and the exact kind of person that we want to get involved here on Engage, the exact type of, you know, engagement that we want to be able to provide a platform for. So I guess without further ado, if you wanted to introduce yourself and what it is you do over at Community 204. Absolutely. First and foremost, I want to thank you for having me here. And what a great uh, intro that you gave. I mean, you, you kind of kind of hit all points there. But uh, yes, uh, my name is Daniel Hidalgo, and you did pronounce it correctly. Um, and I founded Community 204. And basically what we are is we are a grassroots group. Uh, our core members are made entirely of both youth and adults that either come from or still currently are a ward of um, child and family services. Um, so that's that's a big piece. And then any other additional members, it, it, we're open to anyone and everyone. Anyone can come help. But our core members that kind of do the majority of things um they kind of come from that dynamic and uh yeah i'm super happy to be here and i'm, I'm looking forward to this entire interview mm, that's so neat that's awesome so community 204 you're doing tons of community engagements from what i've seen you had mentioned you know you have the involvement of tons of youth and things involved like that when exactly did you start community 204 like when did this become a, a thing for you so like the work that we have been doing has been going on for like two, two years, two and a half years. And that was just us as individuals, not belonging to anything, but still partaking in what we call heart work. And that's a play on hard work, right? Because everything that we do comes from the heart. There really isn't any compensation, like monetary wise. Um, but as an official group with, a, with matching logos and a name and an identity with a clear purpose, we've been doing that since October of last year. We started in the midst of the pandemic and we wanted to continue to keep working through that because as much as the restrictions are in place and as much as things had to stop, marginalization isn't one of those things. It, it continues to, to happen and it continues to increase as the pandemic continues on, right? So um, a lot of people are deeply affected by the compounding effects of marginalization and it's getting worse. So we wanted to still continue to find a way to get out there. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And so that kind of ties in a little bit to your reason behind it. Of course, there as well, you mentioned, you know, the marginalization, the issues and just barriers that we notice in the community. So, so that kind of ties into your reason. If you had more words, I guess, to add or in your own words, what really drives you to do this? What was one of the, the big founding things that just like drives you behind this community work? Uh, so one of the big things that motivates our entire group is the fact that we all come from traumatic experiences. We all come from a life uh, that's not deemed ideal or normal. We all lack mentors and, and structure and guidance and foundation. So we're very susceptible to falling down a negative path. And through this type of work and through this uh, lateral empathy that we demonstrate, we're able to kind of shift that narrative and, and focus on the positive aspects of life. And a lot of my guys who, who otherwise could be involved in some negative things shift their focus. They belong to something. They have that sense of belonging and, 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 and meaningful uh, work and, and action. And it just it, it, we have a slogan that's called helping is healing, helping is medicine, because when we help others, we're actually helping ourselves. 
and it opens up our eyes to a new perspective and we meet some wonderful people and we really, uh, you know, that positive uh, attention and that positive um, affirmations from others in need is something that's really rewarding for us. So that's a big part of it. Mm, that's awesome. That's, that's amazing. Yeah, that's so awesome to hear. So it's very like, it was just made in heaven, right? Obviously, you would get into this kind of thing. It seems like, you know, you didn't have to be convinced to get into this type of work at all. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny that you mentioned that because literally what we originally started off as is we just wanted to have matching (laughs) t-shirts. Like we just wanted to have matching t-shirts when we did what we did. And everything that we've done has grown so organically. And I think that speaks to the importance and the need of what we're trying to do. And that's just that lateral love, that lateral unity and that lateral empathy, just helping people because we can, right? There's a lot of technology and all that stuff. There's a lot of focus on convenience and and profit and, and all those kind of things. And we kind of steer away from that kind of stuff, right? And just kind of remind people of human nature and what we're capable of in such a wonderful way. So I think that's part of the organic piece right there. Yeah, because I see you guys have like barbecue events and, you know, delivering waters and sandwiches and everything. Like, is this all just being like strictly donated? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Everything. It's a circle of love. It's a circle of help. Like, it's a circle of good intention. Like, people see what our intentions are, so they want to contribute. Anything that is associated with cost, I usually cover out of my pocket. Or we've had some wonderful donors, and we just kind of put all those monetary donations to 100% good use. And we've been providing basic needs to the marginalized community, but we also help with residency relocation. So if you're someone that's overcome addictions, or maybe a domestic violence situation, or, or just anything and you're getting your own place and you're getting on your feet will help with that move we're firm believers in human rights and advocacy especially a lot of our members are BIPOC so anything pertaining to equity and those kind of rights we're there we're advocates in that whether it's peacekeeping or you know setting up events or tearing down or just being present and you know we do safe walks for the community and as well as um, search parties for anyone that's gone missing mm-hmm Man, that is literally one of the things I noticed right away. One of the things that like stood out and it's just still unbelievable to me is just how much that you guys actually do in the community. And, you know, you mentioned focusing on that hard work, focusing on the human aspect of it and having an organization like that in our city. That's super rare, I think, and also for other cities out there. And I know that it's not rare in terms of the people that want to be involved, but I think it's rare in terms of that structure and you setting that up and having sort of all those things you mentioned. That's that's absolutely incredible. And it also makes me wonder, you know, that and I'm sure that, you know, as an organizer myself doing a couple of different events on, on small scales, that you you come into a lot of challenges while trying to mm-hmm to do these things in the community. So what are some of the biggest challenges with operating a group or yeah, like a, a nonprofit like this? Well, one of the biggest challenges is we do is ever enough. Like we, we're, I mean, it, it's helpful always, but there's always more that needs to be done. There's always, you know, bellies that are hungry and bodies that are cold and people that are, you know, struggling and and we try to help as much as we can but we're just you know a little block in an ever-flowing faucet right (laughs) we're just so that's tough in itself but we we are making a difference there and that's what's important and and, and our efforts are are there and we have some wonderful groups that we collaborate with like we're fairly new but we've had some some amazing groups that kind of started this path you know OPK is one of the big ones Mama Bear Clan and the beautiful thing is there's no ego in what we do we're able to work together super cohesively so we work with Mama Bear Clan we work with OPK Drag the red um i've worked with you personally we've done some a few things so i think that in itself is a good way to mitigate that feeling of not being able to do enough when we're all coming together like that amazing 
I think given the nature of the platform that we're doing this on as well, I think a big portion of our audience tend to be community oriented people as well. And mm -hmm. just in case, you know, anyone listening at the moment maybe hasn't heard of you or has and hasn't known, you know, how to get in touch. Is there any direct means that anybody who wants to get involved um, to help with community work is able to take? Yeah, absolutely. So the biggest thing is our Soup for the Soul Sunday event that we do is our only consistent where we know it's going to happen. It's the same time same place that's kind of our most popular thing and if anyone wants to come to that they can simply show up at 180 henry at 3 30 p.m on sundays and they're welcome to bring anything that's safe to hand out and by safe i mean packaged waters or granola bars or just whatever and if anyone wants to contact me i run all the social media pages personally so they can reach out on there and our email our email address is team.community.204 at gmail.com and they can check us out there and if you have us on social media they, you can keep an eye out for postings because we'll put out a call for certain things if we know something's coming up. I know it's tough with the restrictions, but once that kind of eases up, we'll be putting out a call for plenty of things and create those opportunities for people. Yeah, definitely, definitely. That's awesome. You mentioned at the end there, obviously with restrictions, that's one of the biggest things that happened in this last like so long now, like I'm losing track of the time. <laughs> and um, I'm just wondering what some of the biggest challenges have been with that and like how you've overcome some of these restrictions because I still see you doing so much. You know, we still see you out there every day and you know, you're following restrictions and you know, you're just putting in so much work. Just what, what are some of the challenges with COVID-19 and where do you want to be uh, in these next couple of months? I think the challenges with COVID for us personally, like the need is there. So there's no challenge in finding things to do and ways to help. That's always going to be there. But one of the challenges is just like protecting the mental health of the people who are we're supporting and the people who are volunteering. Like we're all just looking for something to do in a good and positive and meaningful way. So mm. that could be difficult with all these restrictions and all this isolation and and that kind of stuff. So it's mostly the mental health of everybody, volunteer and community member alike. And as far as the restrictions themselves, but we do our best to adhere to them in, in the best way possible. So we're constantly having to readjust and change the way we do things to keep it safe for everybody. You know, so we always, you know, we have our sanitizers and we have gloves and we have masks and we we promote distance as best as we can, especially for us as workers. And, you know, we do screening and all that kind of stuff too. So we're doing the best that we can. The world's pretty chaotic for everybody. But like I said, the need is there. So we have to keep going, especially with so many other programs that have had to shut down because of the restrictions. It's just increased the need like tenfold. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally makes sense. And I see that too. The need's always there. And it's just it's so annoying to, you know, have to go through all these processes to be able to provide for the community. But I think it's incredible that you guys are doing it and you're doing it the right way and you can see the impacts as a young person i can see the impacts i've come from some experiences you know that inner city youth deal with and so i know those impacts i know that a lot of these people that are living in the inner city deal with a lot of barriers so i could attest to so many different impacts to what you guys do but in your own words or in in your own thoughts um, why do you feel that it's important to have these kind of supports that you provide in the community? Like what are some of the prominent impacts you've noticed? And you can go into as much detail or as little detail as you want. I know that you're a very, very humble person. And it's hard to kind of, you know, really look at our own impacts because you're focused on the heart. But I do love to hear what your experience has been and like what really has stood out for you with those impacts. I think for us, like, you know, the, the, like I, uh, this is my first time starting anything. And I, like, I didn't think that, you know, our social media pages would have blown up. I didn't think that there would be this many people 
willing and wanting to reach out and help like complete strangers that I have never met are messaging me. How can I get involved? What is it that I can do? I can put out a calling any day. Like an example, I could say, hey, I have a single mother who reached out who has no formula and I guarantee my inbox will have no less than 20 people ready and willing to help. So I think that awareness and that sense of duty amongst people has just been absolutely incredible. And like I, yeah, and it's like it just it just speaks to the organic nature of what we're trying to do as well as the human nature of just wanting to do a good thing just because you can, just because you have that capability and not seeking anything in return. There's people who have donated and said, Don't shout me out. I don't I don't need that. I just I'm only helping because it's an opportunity. I have people showing up with, you know, you yourself created over over what 500 care packages just because you could, right? And then other people are always willing to collaborate. So that yeah, collaboration. Absolutely. Yeah, the collaboration piece is what makes it so beautiful. And, and you're just interacting with people. And I think because of COVID, people are longing for that ability to interact. Another thing that's been really, really huge has been when we donate clothes and food and stuff, the appreciation and the gratitude of those receiving it has been amazing. So an example would be I could give a gentleman a winter coat and three weeks later, I'll see that same gentleman wearing that same coat proudly, you know, so it just speaks to the attention and, and the need and, and the appreciation of everything that they've been given. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah. So I hope I didn't cut out there. No, 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 no. That's great. Yeah. People in the city always have other people in the cities back in this community. And I love hearing about this kind of stuff. Yeah, me too. So for anyone just joining, we are engaged on 101.5 UMFM and we are here with Dan Hidalgo. Yes, sir. Okay. Of Community 204. And yeah, so you guys have clearly been finding ways and doing the most to thrive during a time that's very difficult to do kind of anything, let alone such amazing work. In the next little while, it seems like we're on the track to getting back to some sense of normalcy. And with that in mind, over the next few years and, and when the ability to gather in much larger groups becomes a thing again, what do you see Community 204 doing at that point? Man, honestly, with how much has happened so far without expectation, the sky's the limit, honestly. I would love to be partake in more public events. I would love to have opportunities to set up at job fairs we could have a booth you know because one of the crucial parts about finding a job and resume building is having that volunteer experience I would love to collaborate with high schools to develop an opportunity for students to get their credits through volunteering just showing up at anything and everything we very seldomly say no to anything so I mean the opportunities are absolutely endless I would love for the ability to take some of my older youth that have aged out of care and give them opportunities to seek opportunities in other provinces for seminars and teachable moments and things like that. So I've been thinking about this pretty heavily. So the sky's the limit, honestly. Yeah, sounds like there's no shortage of ideas there at all. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, seriously, seriously wonderful. I'm so excited to see the direction that you guys are heading. I'm, I'm super excited to see the support you guys have right now. And our city needs it. You know, our city, we have a wonderful, wonderful city. It's beautiful. It's full of tons of great people. We're so intermingled and so connected. And so there's a lot of people willing to help and we're on a great track and it's, it's super great to see that. You mentioned that people can come and help out at Soup for Sundays yeah. and they can also come find you on social media, community.204. You run the social medias personally. Yes. So is there anything else that specifically people can help out with right now or do you need donations is there anything you guys are looking for oh yeah mm -hmm. absolutely so our province is very temperamental when it comes to weather so now we're shifting from the extreme colds to what looks like will be extreme heat 
So whether appropriate clothing, uh, especially for men, it seems that women have like an abundance of clothing to give away. So we always have enough women's clothes to handle, but we really don't have a lot of men's stuff. And then also uh, shoes, like just proper footwear, you know, just to promote having healthy feet, you know, just moisture and cold and all that kind of stuff really has a pretty negative effect on, you know, the marginalized members feet. Um, so just dry, safe, close toed shoes, just with all the stuff that's out there that can cause damage and harm to people's feet is really a big thing. And then the need for non-perishables is always going. So granola bars, like I said, sandwich ingredients, instant coffee, because that's something that we hand out. And that's probably the most expensive thing we hand out, honestly, is probably the instant coffee. <laughs> um and then, so much of it yeah people love yeah, their coffee so much, here yeah exactly yeah they and they come back for seconds and thirds and fourths and stuff like that and then water <laughs> bottles and and just things like that we, we're really open to anything um there's very little that we don't take even furniture we do we have a program that we run where we provide furniture provisions for those in need if we have it and just things like that so so anybody listening who's got extra clothing extra furniture anything people need that you just said reach out to community 204 on instagram yeah absolutely yes yes and facebook as well or email um and yeah all the information's there beautiful that's awesome yeah so you've actually given us like some amazing answers that was that was super awesome one thing that we do like to do at the end of our interviews is we like to get whoever we're interviewing to tell us one of their favorite songs or a song that they might like to have involved or play along to the end of the podcast because then we'll be able to throw it in and give the viewers a nice little listen and a view into your music tastes. Oh, geez. Oh, wow. That's uh, that's put me on the spot. There's so many, so many great songs come to mind. I, oh, no I doubt. I honestly, you know what? Yeah, like this is so tough. I wish I would have known that one in advance. I could have I could have better prepared myself uh, <laughs> for something that's not only appropriate, but kind of uplifting would be good. Uh, I don't know. Let's uh, let, you know what? We're always helping people and we're always trying to promote, you know, healthy growth and change. So let's do a classic. This is one of my son's favorite songs. Let's do a Michael Jackson, Man in the Mirror. Sweet. Awesome. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's do it. Well, it's been really great talking to you today, Dan. Yes, you too. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day. Absolutely. It was my pleasure. And I, I appreciate you guys having me here and taking the time to interview me and talk about uh, everything that we discussed. That's great. It's been absolutely amazing. Thank you so much once again. This has been Kate Jones, Daniel Hidalgo of Community 204, and Josue Devi on Engage 101.5. UMFM, we'll see you guys next week. And thank you guys for tuning in.